My name is Kate Jackson, and this is Recognising Race. On this podcast, we will be discussing systemic racism at university and the impacts of underrepresentation to multi-ethnic students. I will be speaking with Khalil Shazada, a student who created Changemakers Newcastle to try and tackle these issues at university. My name is Khalil Shazada. I am a third year going on fourth year dental student um, at Newcastle University. So I think um, one way to describe systemic racism is almost racism without malice. So it's almost as in a system that's created um, events and opportunities, but still minority ethnicities are disadvantaged. And it also includes behaviours. So this can include one of the biggest things we identified is microaggressions. Um, so we face this from even staff members, from patients. It could be, you know, offhanded comments, you know, about our hair, putting people putting their hands into my hair in particular. Um, other, I know for the um, Oriental Asian people, they've had issues on clinics, you know, people, you know, blaming them for coronavirus. And it's all these kind of behaviours that kind of add together, even though it may not even be malicious in intent. And like, you know, ours, you know, they didn't mean it, they don't understand. It's just ignorance, which is actually a form of racism. Um, Same with like, you know, when you're in, for example, doing a clinical activity and you have preferential treatment compared to your peers, Um, for for the case of, say, you're white compared to someone that's black. We've had stories basically of, you know, black students uh, in particular feeling like they have been um, mistreated compared to others. You know, other students get away with much more in comparison and that's the feelings that they have. And again, even though it's very difficult to say, you know, this one clinician's racist or, you know, this is an issue. It's more of the environment that's allowed that to perpetuate and it's, you know, letting it off and it's now a culture just like, you know, have a stiff upper lip and get on with it. And that's kind of what the systemic racism is uh, and that's what needs addressing. So I want to talk a little bit about, because um, I've done some research and it says like 90% of lecturers in the UK are white. I'm assuming a lot of your lecturers are white, are they? Yeah, in fact, I'd say all of the lecturers are white, uh, with exception there is one um, black associate clinician um, who every so often may do a lecture session, but he's not employed as an lecturer, he's actually an associate clinician. And we have one consultant on the children's clinic that are black. They're the only two black member of staff in the whole, um, in the whole dental school and they're associates and not employed by the uni. Um, so yeah, it's quite, it's quite white. (laughs) So like, how does that underrepresentation affect students who, multi-ethnic students, how does that affect them? Well, it affects them in multiple ways. Um, I'll speak for black students first. Um, when, because the black clinician, Adetunji, he came only recently, I think it was in my second year. And when I saw that he was employed, um, I instantly gravitated towards him, not even like to ask for advice and stuff like that, but just on a personal level. And it really highlighted to me like, oh my goodness, I've not seen any black dentists, you know, in my in my child life and up to here, you're the first person in a clinical role that I've actually seen. And like that was actually a very powerful moment for me. It was almost like an aha moment. Like, you know, there's someone that's at least a part of me, a part of my culture that made it this far and actually is now in an academic position. And I think for students that are looking for role models and you're looking at different places and which you feel like your role models don't even understand you in certain aspects, it's very difficult. And when you feel like you're dismissed, it's also very difficult. So when you see someone that's similar to you, 
um, is a very powerful feeling. And I think students especially, what I notice in all year groups, when they first come into uni, it's usually the minority ethnicities come together, form a friendship group, the white ethnicities will come together, form a um, friendship group, and then there might be a small amount of mixing. But there's still this divide, and it's kind of using your like for like, and it creates comfort, and I see that within role models as well. Um, so it has a really strong effect. Do you think if schools, like before university, do you think if they addressed racism and systemic racism in their learning, in their teaching, like at history and stuff, do you think that that would kind of, that would have a knock-on effect for when people go to uni, like people will probably mix more, like interact more with each other then? Well, knowledge is power, definitely knowledge is power. Like you can't solve an issue unless the person is educated on what the issue is. At the same time, if the person's want to listen to you about that issue, it won't change. And I think when it comes to the school level, it's more of a social issue over than an educational issue. Because like, when people come to uni, for the first year especially, one of the things that we've noticed from our feedback, our survey, is that the minority students don't feel like they're integrated enough into the year group, or they feel like their activities that are put under socialise exclude them. And really, that really identifies a difference between culture and lack of understanding of that culture. Um, so even if you're back in school, yes, you can teach them this, that and the other. But unless you're actively encouraging socialising and actually partaking in each other's cultures, it's, it's, you're still going to find those difficulties because it's all good me knowing about, let's say, Indonesian culture. Um, but if I don't actively want to participate in it or, you know, actively want to do anything in it or actively want to acknowledge it, then you're still gonna have the same issue. So it's really a social issue as much as it is an educational issue. Did you come up with Changemakers Newcastle or was it like a group of you who came up with the group? Well, it's quite interesting how it started really. Um, really it happened from when the George Floyd murder happened. And I remember seeing it and like seeing just how the whole world was going in uproar, slowly, slowly, spreading for America and it was kind of one day passed and two day passed and what was really interesting is that because I'm an EDI officer, student EDI officer for my school. An EDI officer stands for equality, diversity and inclusivity. They take a lead on identifying and raising these issues within their school. Is that a lot of students were contacting me directly after the murder happened saying about the curriculum and seeing people checking up on me as well, you know, saying so sorry about almost like they're having a grand awakening really. Um, and after like, you know, about the fourth day of, after it happened, I thought like there must be something more that I really can do as an EDI officer. Um, like I'm, I'm not really doing much, I'm not really saying anything on social media because like I'm not really too active on it re recently. Um, so then I contacted my other EDI rep, um, Josh, um, and a few other people I thought would be very interested and said, do you want to start a little group, maybe to do a campaign, um, you know, saying things we want changing and maybe some other things like, you know, um, doing some research and then presenting it to the school. So they started with that and then slowly so I was asking who else do you think would be good in this group, who would be active and this kind of grew and then people were saying oh this person's heard about it, they want to join and then before we knew it we had about you know 15 core members uh, and then some other members also throughout the year group so we had at least a, someone from every year group um, which was really, really like humbling because like it wasn't even that I did an ad and people saw it and came to me. They came to me out of their own interest and it just grew from there. The 
whole point of Changemakers was to basically voice the systemic issues that have been happening to black students in particular, but also minority students, and basically make it known to the senior staff, known to the school, known to the faculty, known to the university, that change needs to happen on campus. Um, we started with our video, so um, you can look at that on any of our platforms, basically saying, you know, kind of things that need to happen, our demands, and also unity. Um, and we really worked on it from there. We've actually had some really good chats with the university and with um, our school in particular in EDI meetings. And what we're doing now is that we're working with them. We're also advising them on like, how can we change reporting systems, you know, for different issues we're facing? Um, how can we change the curriculum to be more inclusive? Um, how can we make the whole year group more inclusive to other cultures? And really for, for next year, we're really gonna be working on top of that, of what we've started now and the progress we've made. We're also looking into contacting other universities, so dental schools in particular, seeing how they have made movements. We've heard some lot of things in the news as well that become publicised, especially Cardiff University, some changes that we're making. We're really interested to see how even we can help them, how we can they can help us, and how maybe even have a network amongst the UK. So that's the kind of progression we're hoping to do. We had a massive team effort. Like we've all been all hands on deck and we've done like quite a lot of research, we've been doing surveys, we've been doing an analysis, so I'm just so proud of my teeth. <laughs> so some of the things we've talked about in Changemakers is about reporting systems. Um, so we noticed that students are either A, not getting very far when they report, uh, let's say a minor racist incident such as microaggressions or being told, being dismissed, or B, they don't see basically what the effects of their reporting happens. They don't, there's not any follow-up, not really told anything else, and it doesn't feel like anything changes. So what we're trying to address is basically how can we report these issues, how can they actually be acknowledged and how can we show almost a sign of accountability within that as well. Um, we have had to be very careful even when we're doing this because obviously it would be lovely we report it and then they reprimand the person but then this can make quite an almost hostile environment and people feel like they also can't say anything because they're walking on eggshells. Um, so alongside reporting we've also tried to really push for educational events and like you know diversity events like last year I hosted a multicultural event which was basically different cultures cooked food, people can find out about the food and we're really trying to push for like more education as well in terms of EDI, so equality, diversity and inclusion um, for all year groups and also staff members on training days to really complement that so it tries to reduce that hostility. Um, some other things we're also trying to develop um, for example our um, head of school Justin Durham's been fantastic, been fantastic supportive and we're also trying to do some active bystander training. So another thing we identified is that when things are happening, both the person that is happening to and even people that are watching find it difficult to, well, how do I address this? Should I tell this person that was you know, a bit off the cuff, not appropriate? Um, and I think it's quite a British thing as well. You don't really want to make like, you know, more of an issue than it is. So we're trying to implement methods that, you know, students and staff can use to kind of like start that conversation and like kind of address those issues. Um, so that's something that was a really good suggestion. And also a massive thing as well that we wanted to address was um, diversifying the curriculum. And we kind of adapted the term from originally saying decolonizing the curriculum, um, which is a, again, factually true, but we thought that could be taken out of context, such as other um, terms, such as defunding the police. So we thought maybe diversity, diverse, diversifying the curriculum would be better. So basically, 
including more clinical images of coloured people, including the pathology of coloured people, including the clinical technique variation, anatomical variation, you know, all these factors that do make a difference in the real world, you know, bringing it, you know, first and centre in the curriculum instead of a side note or you can read up about it here and doesn't, because there's not much information out there and it shouldn't really be on onerous of us to try and get competent for the real world. It should be really the onerous of the educators to really get, put us on a good standing. So wherever we work, you know, if we're in a diverse area, not very diverse area, we at least have some sort of training to fall back on and basically be equipped for when we're in the real world. And I think that's really the responsibility of any educator and any course is making us equipped for the real world. I'll just say about, I'll, I'll discuss a bit about diversity in Newcastle in general. So, I mean, it's without a doubt, the impression of Newcastle University, Newcastle in general, is um, quite white and it's quite, um, you know, lacking diversity. When you look at the percentage rates of white people in the city, I think Gateshead is about 98%, um, similar to the city centre, which I think is about 96% white um, people. And even within the dental school, we only have about 2.2% black students. Like when we look at the year groups, we just see, for example, my guru group, and I'm mixed as well. There's probably about three black people, the year group above, I think it's about one or two, including the mixed people. And it's just overwhelmingly white. Um, what the issue with that is, is a lack of diversity. It also comes in terms of how do you address it? Because people might think, oh, it's the North. It just doesn't advertise many people. It's quite a lack of, lacking diversity area anyway. And to an extent, yes, you know, you have to understand that as well. To an extent, yes, the culture of Newcastle does implement, you know, barriers for some ethnic groups as well. So naturally they'll want to apply for somewhere else. But what you need to be more looking at is how does that university address that? Are they actually thinking, well, if these are barriers, how can we break down those barriers? If we don't have men much diversity, is there any way can we actively promote diversity? And it's when there's a lack of that that there's an issue. So what I really liked about my school is that we're also addressing admissions and we're looking at our admissions procedure and also identifying, you know, barriers such as, you know, it is statistically proven that black students in particular are predicted lower in their predicted grades and they usually um, do a lot better compared to white students. And we need to also address that in admissions. So we're looking at, you know, using the partner scheme, which reduces the grade boundaries, you know, as an adjunct to kind of address that as well. Um, but also how can we advertise and promote the culture of Newcastle as something more diverse? And that really, is really has to be multifaceted in both your marketing and then also the actual things you do on campus. Um, for example, Newcastle-based clinicians, Newcastle-based lecturers, let's say, they might think of the university as quite diverse because in comparison to Newcastle, oh, well, actually, there's quite a lot of, you know, international Chinese students, there's actually quite a lot of ethnicities, biomed in particular, is fantastically diverse. Um, so they might think there's not much of an issue. Um, but what you really need to address it as is look at the bigger picture. look at these students that are literally saying, I feel excluded. So instead of thinking, you know, in your rose-eyed glasses, like, you know, ah, oh, there is quite a lot of diversity in comparison, you need to actually look at your own population of what are they saying and what issues are they facing. 
Um, and it's a difficult thing to kind of balance as well, like, because, you know, some people might say that diversity is when there's an equal amount of every single race and this, that and the other, but you mean statistically there aren't that many black people out of the whole population of the UK. So you have to also be realistic in a sense as well. Um, and I think people, you know, it's quite a polarising issue, like how diverse should we do quotas? Should we do like, you know, um, affirmative action, positive discrimination? And like a lot of these things can misconstrued as like helping and more perpetuating issues and tokenizing ethnicities. Um, so really you need to address the issues, you know, holistically. And like, you know, if there is a systemic issue, instead of just putting a band-aid on it, how can we also help the other levels below that? How can we also help, you know, the perceptions of the Newcastle lecturers, the perceptions of the clinicians? How can we address all these facets? So it's not really a one solution fits all. It's not going to be a simple, like, doctrine of, like, we're going to try and increase diversity. It's going to have to be quite a large plan to address this. Um, and I think Changemakers is making some fantastic progress in identifying some of those issues. And it's really nice to see that dental school is taking that on board as well. Aiming to raise racial awareness for students across the UK through underrepresented voices. Follow Recognising Race on Spotify, Instagram or the website www.recognisingrace.com to keep up to date for the latest content.